I'm Jonathan Goldstein, and you're listening to Wiretap on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius XM. Today's episode, Somaliarize This, The Best of Season 9. Hey, how's it going? Mind if I sidle up? I saw you over here sitting alone, and I thought, that's fine. A woman should be able to self-sustain. In fact, a lot of women are choosing to stay alone, what with advances in salary equitability and maternity extensions, and I I think it's an important and compelling trend. I noticed that you were about to finish that drink, and I was wondering if I could possibly watch you purchase another one. And at the risk of being forward, if you could possibly purchase one for me. So, what do you do? And before you answer, I'm not looking for a necessarily work-related response. I don't think we have to be defined by our industrial pursuits, especially when they're antiquated and heteronormative. I curse my mother, who was an otherwise lovely human person, for not buying me an easy-bake oven when I was younger. (laughs) I grew up idolizing male thugs like Neil Armstrong and Jimmy Carter. And yes, I do work at ESPN, but I spend more time being spiritual and overcoming adversity, for example, than I do working for some faceless corporation. And if I were to find a mate, be it you or or someone else here tonight, I would be more than happy to tell the proverbial man that I quit so I can raise our offspring with gender-neutral hobbies while my biologically female partner continues to pursue her interests, be they industrial, recreational, or, or yes, even sexual with another mate. Oh, how gauche of me. I've just been chattering away incessantly like some kind of girl or boy who talks a lot. I haven't even properly introduced myself. Although... One often gets the uneasy sense that patriarchy dictates a learned and ultimately damaging order of events with men taking an unearned lead. Uh, My name is Terry, with a heart over the eye instead of a dot. I have a heart, is what that says, and I am not afraid to wear it on my sleeve. So what do you think? Would you like to take me up on my offer for you to buy me that drink? If you would like to respond, that would be wonderful. Of course, uh, if you would like to continue to sit here silently, staring at me with that, that powerful gaze, which both breaks gender constructs and also scares me a bit, that would be fine as well. Uh, what, what's that? I should go f- myself? I agree. Men should be more self-generative. Thank you for your astute assertion. Why should women exclusively have to bear the burden of childbirth when, when men are biologically doomed to fear commitment? It is counterintuitive, and it is socially degrading. Ah, that beer is refreshing. Thank you for throwing it in my face on this warm summer evening. Okay, okay, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Thank you for your blunt rejection of me. It takes a lot of courage, which you no doubt have in equal measure to any other human. Now, if you will excuse me, I'm going to the bathroom, where I will cry silently in a stall, questioning my body and texting my mom. But for now, I thank you for your time, which was equal to mine. Sure, you still have love. But love now isn't the way I remember it. Back long, long ago, love never faded. It was like there were different laws of physics that applied, laws that allowed love to never cease. Love was more potent back then, less watered down. You loved people like they were a baby, just like how everyone loves a baby. You could see the baby, 
even in an old man. You would pinch his face and rub his back. The landlady was as dear to you as your own daughter, because she was someone's daughter. Love all the time, non-stop, made things messier, crazier. You awoke to find strangers in your bed. You all shared a toothbrush. You would go to buy onions and kiss the cashier's hands for 20 minutes. You could pay for what you needed with your love. There were no banks or even wallets because everyone was constantly throwing their money at each other with great gusto. You'd often find piles of it left behind on the street. Back then, we had no defenses. We wore our hearts like pork pie hats, jaunty angled on top of our heads, bright red and gleaming under the sun, where anyone could swipe them off and give them a squeeze. Being in love's grip brought us closer to the truth of our being. People hadn't yet forgotten that our true essence is not fear, but tenderness. We rode the bus to work with our arms around each other's necks, missing our stops so we could finish singing the song we'd begun. If someone from your world were to travel back in time, they'd think that with all this hippie stuff, everyone must be on ecstasy. Call the cops, they'd say. But the cops would not come because they were all at the jailhouse, kissing with the criminals. Somewhere along the line, we lost ourselves, putting on each other's pants, sitting in the same theater seat, eating each other's yogurt from the same spoon, picking each other's teeth, and cracking each other's knuckles. We became a soup of one. But swimming in this soup became less and less fun because love, as you know, also means taking on another person's pain. Toothaches, hemorrhoids, hernias, the death of uncles, and no perfunctory, I'm sorry for your loss, but hugs that could sometimes not be pried apart for hours. Nursing our loved one's wounds, wounds that became our wounds, was exhausting, because pain is exhausting. And so, over time, we learned to distance ourselves. The hugs with two arms became hugs with one arm, which in turn became half-hearted pats on the back. Kisses became pecks. Doe-eyed gazes became quick, skittish glances. People began to protect themselves, making smaller and smaller investments in love. And this is where you find yourself today. But I remember a time when we loved like kamikazes flying into the sun, a time when our heartbreak was as large as mountains, our cries reached the heavens, and our tears flowed like rivers. Hello? 
did I catch you in the middle of uh, chasing after an ice cream truck or sandwich wagon of some kind? You sound, you know what? You sound out of breath. You know what? I am out of breath. I was, I was, hold on. Thank you, Sally. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll see you next time. Okay, bye. What, what, what's going on? Just leaving my pole dancing class. Excuse me? You heard me. Pole dancing class. You have a problem with that? So th- this is that whole, like, stripper pole fad dancing Stri- thing? You're... No, I was at a Polish wedding. Yes, stripper pole dancing. See, that is a very outmoded and sexist term. It is pole dancing, okay? It it's is the pole dancing. trend that's been sweeping the nation for, I don't know, the last nine decades. Who else uses stripper poles, if not strippers? Firemen. Poles are extremely in vogue in every sphere. What do you think a candy cane is but a pole with a hook? Santa Claus uses a stripper pole? Yeah, but he, does, he doesn't dance around it. Well, Mrs. Claus does. The elves take great pleasure in that. So wait, I, so I don't understand. So this is like some kind of like co-ed kind of... Uh, well, I mean, it's co-ed because I'm there. You're the only man in the class. I'm the only man man enough to take the class, yes. All right, so what's what's the angle that you're working here? What do you mean, a- angle? The only angle I'm working is a delicate 45-degree outward thrust and then a finely filigreed spin down the pole. That's the only angle I'm working, son. I move beautifully. I move like an angel. In fact, my, my name is Angel at the class. I insist that everyone calls me that. So you have a stripper name as well. I have a name, and I have, uh, you know, I have my signature moves, you know, the loosey-goosey, the upsy-downsy, the roly-poly, the mashed potato... What, what's the mashed potato? That's when I take a plate full of mashed potatoes up to the top of the stripper pole, and I eat it there while I slowly glide down. I take the class on my lunch break. What, what, what do you wear in this class? Sequins, bangles, rhinestones, nudity, all of it. You, you, you get naked? Well, no, because then, of course, there'd be pole chafing. Right? That's why you want your pole to be glistening, right? And pole oil is very expensive. You can't just, you, pole you know... Pole oil? Yeah, that's right. The, the the people with whom you you share this pool they don't mind your greasing it up in in oils. Oh, well, that would be very unhygienic to use the same pool. We 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 have our own pools. It's like a collapsible cane. You know, you strap it on your back, yoga mat style. You bring it to class. You you you, you snap it together and you go up and down like a sexy stock market. So so you're taking this class, and uh, the other women in the class they're uh, they're the comf- other women. Oh, so I'm a woman just because I take the class? See, this is the kind of outmoded sexist thinking that marks you as a dinosaur. The, your fellow dancers, That's they, right. they appreciate your presence. Mm-hmm. Really? They're, they're coming around. Are they? No. They don't want me there. They think I cheapen the class. I think they're actually in it more for the exercise. I'm, I'm following my bliss I up and down that pole. I don't know that anybody wants to see... Your bliss. You know what I have the teacher do sometimes? She takes a laser pointer and she runs it up and down the pole and I just chase it. You should see the way the women look at me with their hungry eyes. I, I love it. Josh, are you sure you're not just trying to pick up strippers? Pick up strippers? What, in what demented, fevered part of your brain do you imagine that strippers take stripper pole dancing classes? Well, d- d- I mean, the only people who take these classes are bored suburban housewives. And that's who I was trying to meet. I knew it. You you couldn't possibly just be doing this for your health. Could well, why? You? It is good for my health. You would do better to, like, just, you know, s- stay at home and do jumping jacks. John, home is where the cheese is. And I just eat it all. Go to the Y. You know why they call it Y? Why would you go there? You see, I did. See, I, I knew, knew you it. wouldn't understand. You're stuck in an outmoded gender paradox. You're a homewrecker. And you're going to lend me your stiletto heel.
Shanghai Palace. Hi there. I have a reservation for two under Mark. Take a seat anywhere you'd like. Great, thanks. I am good at being on time for first dates. I'm good at not looking too uncomfortable while I wait. Hi, are you Mark? Oh, hi. Stephanie. I hope you weren't waiting too I'm long. I'm good at masking my disappointment oh, when somebody doesn't live up to their online <laughs> profile picture. Oh, thanks. Um, that dress looks great on you, by the way. I should have uh, said that earlier. This little thing? I'm good thanks. at putting people at ease with my warm smile. Did you call that a mossy green? I'm good at overlooking crooked teeth. Sure. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, excusez-moi. I'm good at taking yes. charge. We, we'd love to order some wine if we could. Sure. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a real connoisseur or anything. How about the... I'm good at deciding on a wine within 10 seconds or less. Rosé. <laughs> I'll be right back with that. Touché on the rosé. Oh. oh, shoot, I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. I'm good at deciding he's not the one within 10 seconds oh, or less. No, it's fine, it's I'm, not a big deal. I'm such a nervous wreck sometimes. Forget about it, it's fine. Okay. I'm so sorry. It's very pretty. There's not a lot to do there. I remember uh, we would bike up and down the main street just all day. Yeah. Shooting spitballs. I'm good at painting vivid tableaus from my childhood. One day we accidentally spit one right into I'm good at daydreaming when people talk about the past. She had tinted windows, and so it was like rolled down and then right. Wow. <laughs> I'm good at keeping my cuticles rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not fun. Are you ready to order? Oh, uh, I think so. Yeah. The chef specialty tonight is the pork and coriander dumplings mm. are really I am good at appearing open to the waitress's suggestions. That sounds nice. And then ordering the same thing I always get. I think I'm going to go with the Singapore noodles with an order of spring rolls to share. Or no, imperial rolls. Let's uh, let's go with those. And for yourself? Steamed vegetables with ginger and a side of brown rice. I'm good at avoiding foods Great. that Let make me, me look like a slob. Menu. Thank you. So, are you a uh, runner, Stephanie? Not so much. Yeah, I've been into running for a few years now. I am I good at feeling awkward silences. I do uh, one marathon a year. So. Oh, yeah? This year I finished in just under four hours, which is a breakthrough for me. I'm good at knowing just how fast I can claim to have run a marathon without someone calling me on it. Really? It's not really competitive for me. I'm good at pretending I give a sh**. That's quite an accomplishment. It's sort of a game you can play against yourself. You know, like, Why, this wine is quite tasty. Shall I top you up, Stephanie? You seem quite fond of the drink. I'm good at impressions. <laughs> I'm good at laughing very loudly at things that aren't even remotely funny. Je ne sais quoi on these spring rolls, would you say? Sure, whatever you say, bub. I'm good at knowing when to call people bub. How was your weekend? Uh, it's good. Busy. You know, I went to a dinner party on Friday night and brunch on Saturday. I'm good at using television as a companion. How about another glass of wine then, Mesh? Tempting, but I better not. I'm working in the morning. I'm good at battling uh, my inner more. demons. Oh, okay, sure. What the hell, why not? 
I'm good at not following my own advice. I'm good at making sexy eyes. I'm good at resisting the urge to roll my eyes. I love fortune cookies. I haven't had one of these in a long time. I never eat the cookie, but I like the fortunes. My mom used to collect them in her jewelry box when we were kids. Mine says, happiness follows wherever you go. Nice. Mine says, pride is a virtue, but not when blinded by stubbornness. Well, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, here, let's trade. You can have mine instead. It's a better fit for you anyway. Oh. Thank you. That's really sweet. See, now we've just traded fates. Did we? I guess we'll see about that. Oh, shoot, I'm sorry. Oof. It's fine. Oh, what a mess. I'm so sorry. I can. It's getting kind of late. Oh. I should probably head out soon. Sure. So, Steph, this has been really lovely. Could I uh, invite you over for a nightcap? Thanks for the offer, but I really do have to catch up on some work tonight. I'm good at making excuses. Maybe next week or something? Um, yeah, sure. Excellent. I'm good at getting a second date. Oh, but I don't actually have your number. The dating site only lists your email. Oh, right. It's, um, yeah, 514-677. I'm good at giving fake phone numbers. Cool, cool, awesome. <laughs> I will definitely give you a call really soon. I mean, not too soon, not like tomorrow or anything. <laughs> I'll call you in a few days. <laughs> I, I, I really look forward to, to seeing you again soon. Actually, Mark, that was my office number. Let me, let me give you my cell. It'll just be easier to get in touch. Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> That'll be better, for sure. Yeah, we can, we can text. <laughs> it's... Five one four nine four two. I am good at giving second chances. All right, I got it. Well, um, see you soon, Steph. See you, bub. I'm good at hoping things work out this time. Howard? Damn, stuck in the door. What? What? Sure. Open. Well, what are you? Here. What are you doing here? Just in the neighborhood, and thought I'd pass by, come say hello to my good friend. You just happen to be wandering around with a what is that? A dessert cart? This is a sommelier cart. A sommelier cart. I've become a sommelier. You're a sommelier. I'm a sommelier now. Howard, if you've been making wine again, it's not, I it's not homemade wine. I'm a ketchup sommelier. A ketchup sommelier. A man of taste and, and distinction mm -hmm. that helps people choose the finest brand of ketchup for their meal. Uh -huh. My whole life, I've, I've always had such a passion for ketchup. Have you? There are so many fine restaurants that are hip to the artisanal condiment craze. Mm -hmm. Now you'll walk into a place and it'll be uh, unusual to see a braised pumpkin relish mm -hmm. or wild dill relish for that amount. It's only recently that you know North Americans are finally starting to catch up. Ketchup, huh? Yeah. That's cute. That's a cute little. What is that? One of your sommelier jokes? What's I don't know. What you're North talking America's about. starting to catch up. Yes, to to the importance of condiments. Howard, you just made a little pun, is what I'm saying. You said a North North America. You're you're a ketchup sommelier. Yes, I am. 
okay, forget it. Where, where does this take place exactly? Right now, I'm freelancing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I get called in for functions. I do some finer restaurants. Do you? In the so city. you just wander the streets with your your little cart. Let's say a gentleman at some restaurant or some finer eatery will order some kind of French fried potato, mm-hmm. and the French fried potato will arrive as a curly cue rather than the regular straightforward French fried potato. Mm-hmm. So I can familiarize a situation by coming in and presenting the different types of ketchups that can are. I just, dis- I mean, what what would be wrong with this Heinz ketchup? For no With matter what kind curly of curly cues, yeah. Why? Okay, let me win you over, okay? We're gonna we're gonna try some of these things here. Just have a little uh, nibble, uh-huh. okay? Right. Let's just try. Here we go. Okay, now wait. Um, what do you? What is that? You're pulling off your cart. Atmosphere is very important for the sommelier. Oh, you've brought along your own little mm-hmm. cassette player. Here we go. Why are you unbuttoning your shirt? I don't want to get my my shirt dirty because ketchup has. Please a, keep your shirt on. Traditionally, a ketchup sommelier works shirtless. Where do you get this stuff from? I went to ketchup sommelier school. No, you did not. There is no such thing. Okay, now here we have, Take this. I'll take this tarp off the top here, and as you can see, we have, have a you, fine you've selection. Got like 40 different kinds. Absolutely. Can I just, isn't all ketchup the same? Ketchups are wildly varied. They come in so many different assortments. Here, as if I can show you, for example, here we go. This is a Hunts uh, 84, mm-hmm. as you can see. It has a wonderful bouquet. Musky, while at the same time fruity. It's a very thickened body. It ha- it's retained a beautiful deep, deep red tone, mm-hmm. as you can see. Mm-hmm. This traditionally would go, say, with an aged steak, a fine New York cut or sirloin. You've brought along some steak? No, you're going to taste the ketchup just straight. So little wine goblets. I'm going to pour a little for each of us. I am not going to drink ketchup You are, and, I, and this one glass. is so delicious, I'm going to have some too. Deliciously aged. This won't take long. Okay, all right. Hang on, it's not coming out yet. Howard, it's overflowing my wine glass. Here we go. I'd like to make a little toast, first of all. So, to your health. Oh, boy. Okay, now, you don't want to knock this back. Right. So, just put it to your lips. I take a little, just a little, little taster. Mmm. Mm. You taste? It tastes like ketchup, Howard. See, for me, I'm getting uh, oak, and you can almost taste the sweet tomatoes just ripening in the sun off Tuscany. Okay, all right. Howard. Now imagine this. Close your eyes and try to imagine this with a uh, corn dog. Can we move on, please? Okay, so here is a 99 Heinz. Through careful aging, and storage, it moves more in the direction of a tamarind sauce. Let me just squeeze some into your glass. I'll take a fresh goblet here. That's that's plenty, Howard. Scientists have discovered that the sound of ketchup leaving a bottle like this actually stimulates a part of the brain for the appreciation of ketchup. That may very well be the stupidest thing I've ever heard you say. Have a little taste of this. I'm really... Just I... do it. Okay, can we move, Howard, can we move on, please? Okay, now I'd like to present with you the pièce de résistance. This looks brown. Ketchup is not necessarily always red. It can be a fine burgundy. It can be a rosé. It can be a, a, a chartreuse. Well, it's not supposed to be brown. It's got a nice, little gentle taste. Here we go. <coughs> mm. oh, that's the oh, strongest oh, of all. Oh, what is, oh that's pretty like strong. Hair. There's like fur on my tongue. 
Oh yeah, I taste that too. Yeah, maybe cut off a bit. Howard, where did you get this from? Okay, you know I've been collecting ketchup packs since I was a child. From all the takeout. That's what this is? What did you, like, spend hours individually tearing open packets and squeezing them into... Initially, uh, I did. I got very tired. It was hard on my fingers, so I just threw them all in my bathtub. I mean, the dogs just jumped in. I just stomped until that ketchup came out. And then I scraped it out with a, with a trowel, like old Italian men do with grapes when they make wine all traditionally. You're telling me I'm eating dog ketchup. Well, you're eating really aged, valuable ketchup. It's not only lasted all this time, but it still has a wonderful body to it. How it doesn't taste right. All the right. nutrients are there. Uh, it's good for the prostate. On Wiretap today, you heard Jane Lewis, Joshua Carpati, Howard Chakowitz, and Jesse Eisenberg reading his dramatic monologue, A Post-Gender Normative Man Tries to Pick Up a Woman at a Bar. The original version of his piece first appeared on McSweeney's.net. You also heard a short radio play inspired by youaregoodatthings.tumblr.com and written by Crystal Duhame with Mira Birdwintonic. It was performed by Daniel Byrne and Lorna Wright. Wiretap is produced by Mira Birdwintonic, Crystal Duhame, and me, Jonathan Goldstein. Tune into Wiretap Saturdays at 3.30 and Thursday evenings at 11.30. You can also hear Wiretap across North America on Sirius XM. Or subscribe to the free podcast at cbc.ca slash wiretap, where you can also download the latest Wiretap ringtone. I'm a ketchup sommelier. Remember to stand proud in your love of condiments with every ring of your phone. Thanks for listening to the show, and stay tuned this summer when we'll be uncorking some of our favorite episodes from the Wiretap sellers. And from all of us here at Wiretap, have a happy and healthy summer.